0: Cha, sadma, Shri Guru Cha, cha rana, Phriguru, de, Padma Kevala Vakati Sadma Sri Guru Cha Banda Muni Sabadana Mahati Banda बंदा मोए सब दाना माते Jahada Prasad Devai Yeva Jahai 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 Krishna prapti Ho oh, 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 Jaha Ho oh, Te Krishna Prabhthi Guru Mukha Padma Vakya Chitta Te Koriya Vakya oh, Guru Mukha Guhram ka padma Vakya chitte Chutte Vukya kuriya wu kya Guhram ka padma wa kya Kishe Paranakari amane asahari amane asahari amane asahari amane asahari amane asahari Shri taharane Chahara Nehra Teh Yehe Seu Thamagati Shri Guru taharane Nehra Teh Yehe Seu Thamagati Jai Prasad Pura Samah Asa Jai Prasad De pra sad de pur e sama, ah sad de pra sad de pur e sama, Sakurana de Lode, me dan me pravuse, Sakurana Chakurana dilode janvijanme prabhu se. Chakurana dilode janvijanme prabhu se. De. Diva gyana ide prakashita. Diva gyana. Diva gyana ide prakashita. Diva Prema bhakti back, God, how I tell you, I be done, I say, I <Sanly> tell you, I tell you, I tell Vive <speaking in> the God <language> of <speaking in> the Lord. Vive <language> <speaking in> the God of the Lord. Sweet Guru, caro, nascendo Advaita, Narabanda. Sweet Narabanda. lok na lok Locona lok na kiran ji gana lok na lok rajevan lok na kiran ji ha prabhu kar daye hamare pad Ha Prabhu karo daya deh mare pad chhaya Prabhu karo daya virure swaya daya Evde das goste trebovana Evde das Evde das goste trebovana Evde das हा प्रभु कर दया दे Ah, Bravo, Bravo.
1: You
0: <sife> jaya prabhu pada prabhu oh, ist- pada pada shrila prabhu pada jaya prabhu <orsaąć Naruto> <spontaneous mulher> pada pada jaya pada <slap>,: Jai Bravo Prabhupada Bravo Pada, Bravo Pada, Sila, Jai 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 Prabhupada, 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 Jai Jai Prabhupada, Jai Jai Prabhupada, Jai Jai Prabhupada, hima te bhakti vedanta swamene tena namena namah Namaste, Sarasati Dev, Gauravani Prachari Neh, Nivishesa, Sunyavadi, Vasachad-Satari Namaste, Sarasati Dev. Jaya shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhuni Tyananda Sri Yatveta Godada Shiva Sadi Gauravakta Vrinda Jaya na jaitanya prabhu nityananda sri advaita godada shivashadi gorav kavre nanda jayashree krishna Jaya Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Godada Shiva Sadi Gauravaka Jaya Sri Krishna ऐ कृष्ण आते तान्या प्रभु ने he kahanya bravo sri jaya shri Krishna jayago Jagoo, ra bhakta Vrinda, Jai Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna Hare Hare, Hare, Hare Rama Hare Rama. Hare Rama. Ram Ram apply Hare got Krishna. Hare hare. in Krishna eyes a Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, it. Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare hamraham, a Hare Krishna Krishna, Krishna Hare. Hare Hare? Rama hammer, Rama, hammer, a Hare Netai go reba, riba, 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 nitai guru. Netta go riba, 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 nitai Jaya Jaganata, Jaganata, Baladeva Jayo Subatra, Jagannatha Jaganata, Jagannatha, Jaganata, Jaganata, Baladeva Jayo Subatra, Jayo Jai balabarada Radha Ballabh Radha Balav Shri Radha Jai Radha Jai 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 prabhu pa prabhu pa prabhu pa jai jai prabhu pa jai jai prabhu pa prabhu pa prabhu pa jai jai जय मिशन की श्रील की जय मिशन की की वैश्व की हरिदास की, धाम की शिवाय की श्री पुरी धाम की Ganga Majam Bhakti Devitu Sri Maharani ki, Hurinam Sankirtan ki, Samaveta Vet of Hakta Prindaki, ki, Sushi Jagannath Balaram Sodravyaki, Sushi ki, Melvin Mahaprabhu Mandaki, Sela Rupa ki, go Pimanandi, all glories of some of bodies, all glories of some of bodies, all glories of some of all glories of some all glories of all glories of and Gauranga.
2: Good, thank you, Prabhu. You can do it, Prabhu. You're fine. You're fine. Chuck it on. Thank you, Barbara. Sorry. Sorry. Thank you. Yep.
3: Thanks, Barbara. I got them. Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabihade Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabihade Gopi Jana Bala Bha Giri Vana Nade Jaya Gopi Jana Bala Bha Giri Vana Nade Yashoda Nanda Naba Jana Rana Jana Yashoda Nanda Naba mo na tela chaya radha madhava kunjabi bihare Jya bihane Jai Gopijan Shayyaka pi janna wala haba ghibba nadari. Yasheena nanda na baje jana. Yashoda Nandana Prajajana Dhanjana Yamunati Rabana Chari Yamunati Rabana (laughs) I <laughs> 100
2: Jaya, Prabhu. Jaya, Prabhu. Jaya, Prabhu. Jaya, Prabhu. 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 Padajaaya, <laughs> Prabhu. Padajaaya, Prabhu. Padajaaya, Prabhu. Padajaaya, Prabhu. Padajaaya, Prabhu. Padajaaya, Prabhu. Padajaaya, namachary shri lalita das prem saka shri krishna jaitana pravanichananda shri dvaita kaladhari shiva sridi gora bakta vrindaki ssi ssi radha krishna gopa gopina shyamakumara radha kunta giti vrindavan dama ki mai dama ki jagannath puri ki shri tulsi devi ki bhakti devi ki biantrasimal Bhagavatam ki itako Pramanandi, o glorious the assembled devotees all glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories, all glories to Sri Sri Guru and God Om Namo Bhagavate
3: Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya Om namo
2: vasudevaya So we're reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 7, Chapter 6, Text 15. Citta su cittesu su bhin... Ah no, what's the tune, Bhakti? Okay. Viteshu-nitya-bhin-vasti-cetā Viteshu-nitya-nitya-cetā hartu asanta karma harta te kuthumbi, Vite Shunicha bin Vista Chaita Vidvam's Chad Dosam Param Vrita Hartu prit ye, prit yeha Varta Ajitendriya Stad Asanta Kamo Hartate Kutumbi Vitha shunicha bin vistacheta Vidvam schado samparam vitha hartu Pruthe Asanta ko kuntubi Vishes to nichabini vista chaitam. Vidamscha dasampadavita bhuta. Vidamscha dosampadavitahartu. Vidayavati ajatindriastadājatriyastana Santokama.
3: Asantakamo kartate kumbhit. Ye tat
2: vidvam schat do samparam vitahar tu Pustetaya tat vindriyastam
3: Al santo kamo hartate kutum Ladies
2: Viteshunicha binavista cheta Vidvamscha dosam paravita hartu Vityaya vratapatu yendriyasthad Asanta kamo hartate kutumbi Viteshunitya binavista cheta Vidvams chata samparavita hartu Vidvams chata samparavita hartu Prithyeta vartam apatin triasthad Asanta kamo harate tukumbi, kumbi vitai
3: janitya bina visti
2: in the material, weal- uh, in material wealth, in material wealth, Nitya abhin Vista Chaita, whose mind is always absorbed. Is always absorbed. Vidvan. Vidvan, having learned. Yeah. Cha, yeah. also. Yeah. Dosam, Dosam. The, fault. the fault. Paravita Hartu of one who steals the money from another by cheating or by transactions on the black market. <laughs> Pretya after dying. Iha, in this material world. Va, or Atapi, still. Ajita Indriya, because of being unable to control the senses. Tat, that Santa Kama, whose desires are unsatiated. Harate, steals, Kutumbi, are too fond of his family. Translation and purport by His Divine Gracious Prabhupada. If a person is too attached to the duties of family maintenance and is unable to control his senses, the core of his heart is immersed in how to accumulate money, although he knows that one who takes wealth from others will be punished by the laws of government and by the laws of Yamaraj after death, he continues cheating others to acquire money. How do you know? but, Especially in these days, people do not believe in the next life or in the court of Yamaraj and the various punishments of sinful life. But at least one should know that one who cheats others to acquire money will be punished by the laws of government. Nonetheless, people do not care about the laws of this life or those governing the next. Despite whatever knowledge one has, one cannot stop his sinful activities if he is unable to control his senses. Om jnana timiranda sya gananjana salakeya chakshura mili tamyena tasmai shri gurvena maha shri Krishna jaitanya prabhuni chananda shri adreta galadhara shiva sri gora bhaktavrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare If a person is too attached to the duties of family maintenance is unable to control his senses. The core of his heart is immersed in how to accumulate money although he knows that one who takes wealth from others will be punished by the laws of government and by the laws of Yamaraj after death. He continues cheating others to acquire money. So this is the continued discussion by Prahlad Maharaj on householder life and um, it's interesting uh, I did something quite different this time. I, um, recently I, I was asked, or I was actually shown uh, how to use uh, artificial intelligence. So here's another thing in the world today for us to get attached to. Has anybody here experimented with artificial intelligence online? Yeah, pretty amazing. Amazing what we can do. So, it's another attachment that we can, as if we haven't got enough attachments in this material world. Here's another one. So, anyway, Saviour Bhagavan put me onto this. He said, Prabhu, this is amazing. You can pick any shloka from the Bhagavatam, put it into uh, Chat GTP or something like that, and uh, it'll give you a synopsis of that verse and what's the most important things in that verse and everything. You know, I said, wow. This is amazing. So what I'm reading now is what our dear friend, and I see it as a, as a friend because if we use it in Krishna service, IT is uh, uh, artificial intelligence can be our friend. So this is a summary that she gave, that artificial intelligence gave on this verse. So I typed in, okay, this is the Bhagavatam, 7th canto chapter 6, text 15. Please give me a summary of this, cha- of this verse. Summary so far. Prahlad Maharaj continues to instruct his demoniac schoolmates about the futility of material pursuits and the importance of spiritual knowledge. He tells them that despite their wealth, power and opulence, they are still bound by the cycle of birth and death and subjected to the miseries of material existence. Prahlad explains that the material world is temporary and filled with suffering. Prahlad encourages his classmates to cultivate spiritual knowledge and surrender to the Supreme Lord who is the ultimate shelter and well-wisher of all living entities. He urges them to take advantage of this human form of life which is rare and valuable to awaken their dormant love for God and escape the cycle of material existence. Emphasis is placed on giving all this attachment from householder life. So this is what... Sh- artificial intelligence is summarized, which is really spot-on. So from this section, we have learned that uh, Prahlad Maharaj is continuing to explain the pitfalls of this material world and especially in Grihastha householder life, which is basically the majority of the Hare Krishna movement. So it's interesting and the verses will continue on from here about the difficulties in householder life and the attachments that we have to family and so on and so forth. And it's interesting that Pralad Maharaj is saying this at a young age, he's five years old or around about that age, and he's talking about this, about family life and how we are completely enmeshed in this family life. But yet, later in history, Pallad Maharaj gets married, has children, has a wife, has grandkids, has great-grandkids, as we can read through the Bhagavatam, that continues on. So, It's not that we are averse to householder life, it's just how we utilize householder life. And householder life is basically understanding that you have to dedicate your life to service to God. And every facet of householder life has to be one of dedication to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So we understand from the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, a devotee lives Fully surrendered to the Lord. And so in the Bhagavad Gita in chapter ten, verse nine, Matchita Matkata Parasparam, Katyantas Ramanticha. The thoughts of my devotees always dwell in me. Their lives are surrendered unto me. They derived great satisfaction and bliss, enlightening one another and conversing about me. So some people say in this material world there's Happiness. There are certain types of little bits of happiness, but it's never permanent. But if one absorbs oneself in Krishna, and hears the holy name, and converses about him, and learns about different aspects of Krishna, one's life becomes completely blissful. And in that purport of that Bhagavad Gita Sloka, Prabhupada says that a devotee is 24 hours a day engaged in Krishna consciousness, in remembering Krishna. 24 hours a day so we have to really absorb ourselves 24 hours a day and I wanted to think even while we're sleeping even when we're sleeping we have to somehow rather think of Krishna who's had a dream of Krishna or preaching or the holy name while you're sleeping yeah what happened what happened you tell me Really? <laughs> what else? Somebody else? Mataji. I was chanting, uh, singing, and when I was sleeping, because uh, my
4: son's father came from work after 11 o'clock, and he was sleeping.
2: He was always in our sleep, sleeping when I was sleeping. Well, you were chanting in your sleep? Yes, I did. Mean, How did that make you feel? Isn't it blissful? Bhakti, do you have an experience like that when you were... And how did it make you feel? Oh, amazing. It's amazing. In your sleep, when you have no control really about the weird things that happen in your sleep, when you actually have that dream that you're chanting or you're preaching, you have a sort of a consciousness, it's, it's your soul, you know, within you, starts to awaken you and you think, wow, I'm actually chanting while I'm sleeping, or I'm actually teaching people about Krishna consciousness while I'm sleeping. You know, so actually, the process works. After a period of time, you are absorbed 24 hours a day in, in service to Krishna and conversing about Krishna. Who's had it that actually Krishna comes in your dream? Anybody? That you see Krishna in your dream? Jagannath. You've had Jagannath in your dream.
5: I have seen Prabhupada.
2: Ah, Prabhupada. <laughs> How did that make you feel? Very wonderful. Isn't that amazing?
5: One day he came and told me that look,
2: have to give some money
5: to Kurma. Uh
2: huh. For writing his book. Yeah, actually it is said that if Krishna or the spiritual master come into your dream, they really are coming. They are really there. They are really there. Everything else in a dream, like a dragon is chasing you or a big monster or anything, that's illusory. It's all phantasmagoria. You know, it's all illusory. But when the spiritual master or Krishna enters into your dream, it is said through the Shastras that that is actually the personality coming to visit you. It's actually Krishna. I had one and I never forget it and when I think about it even I get tingles of it. Prabhupada came in my dream and he rubbed my head and said, and said, good boy, I'm not, but by the mercy of Prabhupada. And he was rubbing my head and I felt, wow. (laughs) So Krishna can come in your dream. So real happiness And that happiness can't be compared with anything in this material world. Not even winning the cricket or winning your best football team, winning or anything like that, which can be pretty euphoric materially, but it has temporary. But something like that you remember for the whole of your life and is completely fulfilling. So the analogy is often given about the bird in the cage. Everybody knows that analogy that Prabhupada gives about the bird in the cage. So the bird in the cage is sitting there and the owner is making all these wonderful arrangements in the cage. It's a beautiful gold cage. It's got really interesting little bells and whistles and, and mirrors and everything, but they're not feeding the bird and consequently the bird dies. So we're like that in the material world. The material world is just a cage that we're trapped in and you can make all the beautiful arrangements. You can have a beautiful house and everything, but if you aren't satisfied internally, if you're not feeding the soul, if you're not feeding the real self with Krishna consciousness, you're a dead person, it's just a dead person. So material um, material life is one that we have to try and make as Krishna conscious as we possibly can. We have to omit this idea of I want, I want this. I want that materially Uh, and I have to have this and I have to have that. It's all temporary and unfulfilling. What we want is those transcendental ecstasies more and more and more and more and when you apply yourself to it even when you're in a waking state there are times when you're standing before the deities and you're just overwhelmed by the beauty of the deities. You can be in a kirtan and all of a sudden this kirtan just whips you up and just you're just in a different world. You know. So these are the things that we look forward to. So a householder, a sincere householder in Krishna consciousness has to act with determination, with knowledge and determination. We have to be determined that our goal is to go back home, back to Godhead. We utilize this householder life at the present stage in service to Krishna to the best that we can not to get carried away by material entanglement and do one's activities in householder life is simply that we want to serve Krishna. Every aspect in our grihasta in our life is geared towards serving Krishna. How can I serve Krishna more? Raising Krishna conscious kids, uh, helping the temple, uh, serving Krishna, serving the guru, uh, so many different things that we can do. Uh, and, and in, in, in great humility, just being very humble about your situation, that you're in a material life, that you're in the Grihastha life, and just being very humble about it. So there's the story in the Bhagavatam, and we have Grihastha heroes. In the Bhagavatam we have this wonderful story of Sudama the Brahman, you know. Sudama was a Brahmana, he was a very chaste, guru, uh, a good man, Uh, living with his wife Grihasta the situation and his wife you know sometimes it's the wife that makes demands and sometimes it's the husband that makes demands the wife in this case was saying I want something better than what we've got he was very simple lived a very austere life but the wife was saying look you know I really would like a little bit more facility and that's okay but he was so renounced, he said, you know, oh, well, I just want to be my Brahman. I just want to be in Krishna consciousness and just simple, living very simply. But she said, no, listen, your friend is Krishna and he's the Lord of the universe, he's God, why don't you go and ask him and just get a little bit more facility for yourself? And he said, no, I don't want to ask Krishna for anything. <laughs> and this is the thing with a grihastha. A true grihastha in humility doesn't want to ask Krishna for anything. He's accepting he or she. is accepting whatever comes to them. So the wife insisted, as many of us Grihasta men know, what is the thing that we say to our wives when they ask for things? Yes, dear. So he finally relented and said, (laughs) Bhakti goes, right. (laughs) So he finally, finally he relented and said, yes dear, I'll go and see Krishna. And you know, his wife said, well we haven't got much but here get some chip rice and take that along for the Lord. And so she went, he went to Krishna and Krishna said, oh my dear friend Sudama and hugged him. And he was so humble, he was so overtaken that he was just completely enamored by the love of Lord Krishna and Lord Krishna's affection. And he offered him, You know, he didn't even want to offer the, the chip rice that he had. And he hid it in his pocket and Krishna said, what's that in your pocket? Didn't your wife give you something to give to me? No, 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 nothing. No, no. And he grabbed the chip rice and he ate it. Oh, this is wonderful. And he completely, and this is also something that us men in Grihastha life, our women ask, our wives ask us to do something, go to the shop and pick something up or go somewhere and do something for them. And what do we do? We forget. (laughs) Right? So he forgot. He was so overwhelmed with loving Krishna and being in Krishna's association. Hare Krishna. That he forgot. He forgot to ask Krishna oh, my wife actually, and he didn't want to anyway, you know, he didn't want to impose himself on Krishna. And so then he went back home, and when he came back home, his home had changed into a beautiful palace, and everything was absolutely more than his wife ever wanted. So the point is, is that in this story, is that Krishna provides everything, even though we don't ask for it. Now, my wife and I have been devotees for 45 years, and we've never, we have never really actually asked Krishna for anything. We were happy to be Hare Krishna devotees. And whatever came, came. And all our lives in devotional service, we've been just servants of Krishna. We had never had an outside job as such. We just worked for the temple and so on and so forth. Krishna never once has, has left us in the lurch financially or materially or anything. Krishna has always made arrangement for us that somehow or other uh, we made ends meet. And sometimes it's just amazing how he does it. We used to do, um, as I mentioned sometimes before, sometimes we used to do different sales for the temple. And I used to also, I'm I'm a painter and I used to do some paintings and we had this bill in front of us, you know? And it was like a major bill, it was something like $800 or something that we had to pay the next day. And we thought, how the heck are we going to do this? And Bhakti said, why don't you just go out, Krishna will make arrangements. And I said, okay. We just threw our hands up and said, well, whatever Krishna wants. Walked down the street, first house I knocked on, said, hi, I'm a, lo- I'm a local artist, I'm in the area and I'm selling some paintings and I was wondering if you'd like to have a look. The person said, yeah, come in. And I showed my paintings, like that one. And I said, okay, well that one is so much. He said, how much with a frame on it? I said, well, it actually adds up to $800. And he said, great. And usually the person says, I'll pay you when you drop the the frame. Now he didn't know me, I never met him, I just knocked on the door and this was the first time he ever saw me. And he said, hang on a tick. He pulled out $800, here we go, deliver it when you framed it. I came back home and I said, Bhakti, here's the the rent that we have to pay. (laughs) And Krishna's made the arrangements. Krishna's like that. If we trust in Krishna and we work for Krishna and we try our best in our Grihastha ashram to serve Krishna nicely, Krishna will reciprocate. Even we don't ask for it, Krishna will reciprocate. Eight hundred dollars, just like that, cash, straight <laughs> on. So there are other ones that we had during our life as well, which are just amazing. Bhakti also had experiences like that. So this was the example of Sudama the Brahman. And then we have a more recent example in Krishna consciousness that we take. Srila Prabhupada is our example in so many different ways. And in his Grihastha life also, uh, he ran his business. He had a pharmaceutical business, as you know. And he had that established in, Mumbai, in Bombay. At that stage it was called Bombay, Mumbai. And he was helping uh, Sridhar Swami and the Gaudiya Vaishnava uh, congregation there to set up a center in Bombay. And he was so expert in so many things. He was expert in uh, his sadhana, his own personal sadhana. He was a grihasta, had children, had his wife, had the business, and yet he was very diligent in chanting his rounds and everything and following. He was excellent in kirtan. As we all know, Prabhupada's kirtans are just amazing. So he led kirtans. Uh, He organized preaching uh, events, different preaching events all over the place and programs to the extent that his god brothers and sisters awarded him the title at that stage of Bhaktivedanta. While he was a Grihasta, they called him AC Bhaktivedanta, not Swami, but Prabhu. So he was Bhaktisiddhanta. And then with the deities, uh, with this center, uh, they wanted to get deities. And so Bhakti, uh, Bhaktisiddhanta Maharaj was coming and he was going to install deities in this new center that they had, that Sri Swami and Prabhupada and the disciples were setting up. So when the deities came, they said, now we need a temple president. And everybody said, well, it has to be Abhai Charan. You know, he's just the best in everything. And, and so um, uh, they said, oh, he has to be the one. We, 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 you know, he has. So then they asked uh, Bhaktisiddhanta Maharaj, Srila Prabhupada's spiritual master, we think that uh, Abhai should be the temple president. And, and Bhaktisiddhanta said, no, no, no. Allow him to continue doing what he's doing. And pra- Prabhupada, he then said, in, in due course of time, this man will do everything. This is our Srila Prabhupada. This man will do everything. And that is bringing Krishna consciousness to the whole world. This was Prabhupada's glory. Srila Prabhupada, key giant. <laughs> so Grihasta family, a family person, like the majority of us, Uh, our our major duty is to spread Krishna consciousness, you know. Our major service is to somehow or other spread this knowledge that Prahlad is presenting to his schoolmates. That this material world is a futile temporary situation and to try and get happy in this material world is a waste of time. You'll get temporary happiness little bits of happiness here and there but it's not experiencing ecstatic bliss and that's available in Krishna consciousness in loving God in loving God so that's our major duty and when we do that we're doing the greatest service that we can for our children and for the rest of the world That's the greatest thing, to be Krishna conscious. So every aspect of material life makes it exceptionally difficult, at this stage in life, makes it exceptionally difficult for us to control our senses. And in the purport it was mentioning about controlling our senses. We're all bombarded in this life by social media, uh, by advertising, by just walking around in the streets, we are bombarded. Always there are presentations that are stimulating our senses. We can't help it. Examples, you're walking and there's food preparations. You're smelling different things. (laughs) There's music. You know, there's always this different music that entices you. Um, I'm a child of the 70s. So if I hear an old rock and roll number, I know all Sanskrit and, and Bhagavatam classes and all that kind of stuff to learn an actual sloka is like so hard, but tell me a song of the Beatles or a Creedence Clearwater Revival or The Doors or something like that. I oh, know them all. <laughs> you know, and they're stuck in there so as soon as you hear this, you, your mind goes, oh yeah, that was that time when we... So there's always enticements there and the senses sway you and turn you away. Uh, There's smells in shops and there's the form of the opposite sex. Now that's probably the one, you know. If a person, it's interesting if you you take the chance to, to do that sometimes. When you see a beautiful woman entering a room, it's not only the eyes of the men go to the beautiful woman, but the eyes of the women also go to the beautiful woman. It's for both. It's enticing. There's nothing you can do about that. Uh, Sometimes, you know, you you can beat yourself up over it, but there's nothing. It's just your body is relating to that beautiful form. So then you have to, what you have to do is then you have to rein in your senses. You have to control your senses with determination. How do you do that? You analyse the situation. Yes, this person is a beautiful person, uh, but who created that beautiful person? Who does that beautiful person belong to? That's Krishna's property. And so when you have that mentality, straight away, there is no more I want to enjoy, I have to have this person or whatever. It is Krishna's property. So you have to, with great determination, fix yourself up. And you have to rein in your sense gratification. Does anybody know what the word rein means? To rein in your senses. Where this word comes from? You heard this word before? Yes, Prabhupada. Is it raining in the horses? Bingo. What is a rain? Rope. A rope, to hold it. So when Prabhupada says you have to rein in your senses, you have to hold in your senses, where do we see that in Bhagavad Gita? In the pictures of Bhagavad Gita. Can anybody remember? There's a picture in the Bhagavad Gita, huh? Five the five senses. Okay, so can you conjure that picture up in your mind, right? What are you seeing? I'm seeing the driver. I'm seeing the 5 horses of each other's senses. Uh, They represent the senses, right? How does the driver look? No, no, no. What about his face? His face looks like, Have a look next time. His face is completely distraught because he hasn't got control of the horses. His senses are running wild. You have to rein them back in. You have to hold them back in. So with when you're riding a horse also, a horse is really... Uh, you ever watch these cowboy movies and they, or the rodeo, you know, and you've got a wild horse, and you have to really rein them in. You have to pull the reins really tight. Sometimes, you know, race horses have those flaps so they can't look around and get distracted, so you may have to have that and uh, you know, sometimes they have to kick the horse in the side to get him going because he doesn't want to go. So this is what we have to do. We have to rein in our senses. Our senses are wild things. They're constantly going over here, all the senses. Oh, I hear something nice. Oh, I see something nice. Mm, I smell something nice. Oh, I guess I could taste something nice. So we have to rein in the senses. So it's a great painting actually, and it's great to contemplate and and meditate on that painting sometimes because we are that person on the chariot that that can't control the senses. So we have to control and uh, when we do that, when we engage in that sort of controlled and determined attitude, then we actually start making spiritual progress and we start to see, oh actually spiritual satisfaction is far more pleasing than anything that material world can offer us. So, sometimes people say, well, how austere should a grihasta be? You know, I'm raising my children. There are certain things that children demand. Well, we can't be too rigid. Perhaps the Dharma, the Brahma was a little bit too rigid. I don't know. But in Grihasta life, we have to have some moderation as well but everything has to be channeled to Krishna, even in Krishna's time. Krishna had entertainment, Krishna had games, Krishna in the, in the, in the Vedic times they liked to play chess or a form of chess. Um, Krishna liked wrestling and wrestling was a big thing. And there were different things, martial arts, they liked martial arts and so on. Prabhupada when he was young he used to play soccer. So there are things that we have to do in Grihastha life that also satisfy us materially up to a point. As far as our taste is concerned, we only eat Krishna prasadam. Everything that we cook, everything is all offered to Krishna first, understanding that Krishna is the source of everything, and so thereby I offer it back to him, and then I can enjoy. There's no comparison to the enjoyment of prasadam as opposed to non-offered food and I've made this example so many times when I was the manager of Gopals, you know people would be overawed by the food and they would say wow this is so beautiful this is so tasty what's the recipe and I'd give them Korma's cookbook and they would cook it and they said yeah I cooked it exactly the same but it just didn't taste the same <laughs> and so well that's that's all because you haven't offered it to Krishna And they say, yeah, what's the special ingredient? The special ingredient, and this sometimes turns people off, so you don't usually say this. You say, well, it's actually Krishna's saliva. (laughs) And they completely, what? And just recently I was reading in the Chaitanya Charitamrita about Krishna's saliva. Lord Chaitanya was having these ecstatic symptoms and thinking about the gopis and how they were constantly wanting to kiss Krishna's lips so they could taste his saliva. Can you imagine this? And then they became completely uh, frustrated and, and angry that the flute was getting more saliva than they could get, you know. And so they were condemning the flute. And to, to top it all off, the flute was a male. How could he take all the, you know, Krishna's mercy like this? So this was the argument and Lord Chaitanya was expressing this. So prasadam is, is saturated with Krishna's love and, and, and it becomes Krishna himself. And so that completely satisfies us. And there is nothing like prasadam. You know, like we have these programs where we have beautiful discourses Like recently in the western suburbs, we had Bhujan Prabhu giving a really nice lecture and everything and everybody's totally engrossed. But then when it's prasadam time, (laughs) everyone, whoa, straight away, everybody has to have prasadam. And as simple as prasadam is, it could be just rice, sabji and halva, and people relish it, people love it. So prasadam satisfies our senses. When we see beautiful things, you know, the deities are the most beautiful things. Pictures of Krishna, deities in our own home. We try to make them as beautiful as we possibly can. You know, that the first thing that you see when you wake up in the morning, you come out of your slumber and you go into your your temple room and you see the beautiful form of Krishna. It satisfies your beautiful, your eyes. And to see that first thing, most beautiful thing, And anyone that has deities at home, you know, you know what it's like that you never, ever, ever get sick of seeing your deities and how beautiful they are. If you are getting sick of seeing your deities and how beautiful they are, I think you have to take a check because material energy is creeping in. But every morning you wake up and you see your beautiful deities and it satisfies you, you know, and then to hear the holy name of the Lord is the greatest thing that the ears could hear. And to hear about the pastimes of the Lord is, is the greatest thing. You know. And to, and to touch the Bhagavatam or to, or to touch another devotee, it satisfies you. I mean, if you haven't seen a god brother or god sister for some time or you haven't seen your spiritual master for some time, if you get the touch of your, of your friend or, or your guru, it is so fulfilling. You know, like recently again, and Prabhu came down to the western suburbs. It was ecstatic to just have a hug from him. You know, so all your senses are satisfied completely in Krishna consciousness. It's no more that you want for something more. So, again, to quote this verse, and this is the second part of this verse. Uh, people were saying, Krishna consciousness direction. Um, Without the Krishna conscious direction, uh, it leads to attachment and eventually material insanity. So we see in the world today, the world is mad with people wanting to acquire things. As it was quoted in the verse today, although he knows that one who takes wealth from another will be punished by the laws of government and by the laws of Yamaraj, after death, he continues cheating others to acquire money. They don't believe, the atheists in the world today, they don't believe in a life after death and they don't believe in a hellish situation. And most of the the religious traditions uh, believe in some sort of punishment after death for sins that have been accrued in this life. But in today's society, the level of cheating that's going on through corporate crime, uh, it's, I mean, if anybody, I'm a communications officer, so I have to read what's happening in the news. My goodness, you know, the things that people, how corrupt society is, where they're just trying to s- sneak more money out of people. Different corporations, uh, the pharmaceutical corporations, it's finding out, you know, Different areas where uh, people are just being hoodwinked, you know, to buy products and to and to so so often in so many different ways. Then just on the local level, the amount of crime that's happening. People are breaking into houses just to uh, get money so they can have their addiction. You know, people are addicted to drugs and so on and so forth. Um, you read about really uh, unfortunate things like. Parents being ripped off of their wealth by their children, you know elderly parents are just being uh, uh, you know um, all the money is taken from them and so on. Big companies like banks are cheating on interest rates. We're just seeing that now, you know, that the the, uh, interest rate went up for home loans and everything. But did the banks give an, an increase in, in interest on the in the banks? Oh no, we we're still reviewing this. So for a month or two, they can play with your money a little bit longer. So in India, I mean, in India, we're aware. Okay, if we go to India, especially in a white-bodied person, you know, you're going to be ripped off. <laughs> you know, so you go to the the uh, you go to the different. Uh, uh, Loy Bazaar or different places and the first thing the person, you know, if you're buying Dodis or a cardigan or something, the first thing that the person says, for you we make no profit. You know, <laughs> and you know they are. <laughs> so, but that's okay. You understand that. But when it's done with corrupt cheating activities that you're not aware of, that's really sad and that's in today's society. Even to the extent where uh, governments, to get more money for different organisations and corrupt organisations. They actually create wars just simply to make money. It's, they have no concern whatsoever of how many people are being killed in a particular war, how much suffering is being caused, but the sale of armaments is one of the biggest, most corrupt corporations in the world today. It's just so sad. And there are groups of atheists that, they don't even believe in the afterlife, they don't believe in anything, and they don't believe they're going to get caught. They just don't believe they're going to get caught. So, and most of the times they don't. There's this whole thing with, uh, at the moment in the news, some of you may have heard this one, of uh, Ben Robert Smith, that soldier in Afghanistan who thought that they could get away with killing innocent people. And he said, "You just keep your mouth shut, just that nobody will pick on us. And finally it's coming out to the fore. Then we have the other things like that Jeffrey Ecclestein. Anybody heard about him? My goodness me. What a corrupt person, you know. And all the cronies that are attached to him. All world leaders and stuff that are being somehow or other, you know. But a hell awaits for them. We know from scripture that there is atonement. For these negative things, these sinful activities that people have done, there is an atonement and it's called hell. As Srila Prabhupada states, you can't get away with any sinful act because the sun and the moon are witnessing every action that we create and Krishna is residing within your heart and He witnesses everything that you do. And eventually you'll have to be, you'll have to atone for those sins. So in my interfaith work, we have to know a little bit about the different faith traditions and pretty well every faith tradition has this concept of hell pretty well in the Islamic tradition it's known as Janam. Janam. a place of severe punishment it is depicted as a fiery abyss with different levels of torment the intensity of punishment varies based on the severity of one's sins so in in uh, Islamic tradition, that's there. In Hinduism, we in Vedic culture, we have the same. Where, where do we go if we're sinful? In the in where we go? Yeah. What's, who's who organises that one? The Lord Yamaraj, Yeah. So Lord Yamaraj is abode. But is hell in our Vedic concept, in Vedic understanding, a permanent thing? Is it eternal? No. Krishna is so merciful that he gives a chance to people to, to get a higher birth and, and re, re, uh, re, re, uh, develop themselves. In Buddhism, Buddhism teaches the existence of hell within the cycle of birth and death and samskara. Beings with negative karma may experience intense sufferings in these realms and the duration and nature of the suffering will be based on an individual karma. In Judaism, um, the concept of hell is less developed in Judaism. So in the Jewish tradition, it's less developed. The focus is on living a righteous and ethical life in the present. Uh, uh, In Jinnah is mentioned a place of purification and temporary punishment for certain sins. So it's not an eternal situation, which is interesting because in the Christian tradition, a place is eternal suffering punishment and suffering so it is a state of separation from God for those who rejected him or committed serious sins so this is in the Christian tradition actually they sort of blackmail you in a sense of saying if you are sinful uh, then you will end up in this place forever in hell forever and this was so frightening for us I grew up as a Christian as a Catholic And even minor things like, say, for example, missing out on Sunday Mass or something, if you missed out on Sunday Mass, you would go to hell. So, say, for example, if you didn't come to the temple for the Sunday feast, it was noted and you would go for it. And then not only will you go to hell, but you go for eternity. So this is what they taught. So... I wasn't happy with this because, I mean, when we, you know, when we actually think of a loving God, how could a loving God torment his children, his children that you love, and throw them in lakes of fire eternally? You know, not even the worst parent on the world would do anything like that to their child. You know, but we they make out like God does that. So that's one of the main reasons why I just... Uh, at at a point, certain point in my life I just thought no this is there must be something else to this and I started to think about it because actually um, if it's true that Lord Jesus was Jewish he didn't hold that concept because the Jews don't have that concept they say it's a temporary situation where a person atones for their sins but then his followers in Christianity then made hell such a heavy thing that it, it, it just wasn't suitable. So the hell doctrine in the Bhagavatam never became prominent feature in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, never became a prominent feature or other Vaishnaist movements as it did in Christianity. For example, Prabhupada, his guru, Bhaktisiddhanta, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, hardly ever mentioned uh, hell. Or hellish planets. There is one picture of Prabhupada looking at the painting from the fifth canto of the Bhagavatam. Anybody seen that one? Where Prabhupada has seen this painting where the devotees have depicted the hellish regions, right? And Prabhupada's got a big smile, <laughs> a really nice one. So the Gita declares that you can even be somewhat temporarily or materially happy in this world without Krishna if you're a pious person. So one of Krishna's, Krishna's qualities is that he's detached. You know, he's detached. He's concerned about you and he wants the best for you, but he's offered that to you and the instructions are there. So Lord Krishna states in Bhagavad Gita 1321, nature is said to be the cause of all material causes and cause and effect whereas the living entity is the cause of various sufferings and enjoyment in this world. So it is the living entities that are causing this suffering. So the purport to this is, the different manifestations of bodies and senses among the living entities are due to material nature. There are 8,400,000 species of life and these varieties are creations of material nature. They arise from different sensual pleasures of the living entity who thus desires to live in this body or that. When he is put in different body, he enjoys different kinds of happiness and distress. His material happiness and distress are due to his body and not to himself as he is, so not to the real personality. In his original state, there is no doubt of enjoyment. Therefore, that is his real state. Because of the desire the Lord to lord it over material nature, he's in this material world. In the spiritual world, there is no such thing. The spiritual world is pure, but in the material world, everyone is struggling hard to acquire different kinds of pleasure for the body. It might be clearer to state that the body is the effect of the senses. The senses are instruments for gratifying these desires. Now, the sum in total, the body and the instrument senses, is offered by material nature. Hey, don't let the senses get wild over there, okay? rein them in. I know I want to touch him and stir him, but whoa. <laughs> um, is offered to material nature and clearly in the next verse. The living entity is blessed or damned which circumstances according to his past desires and activities. According to one's desires and activities, material nature places one in various residential quarters. The being himself is the cause of his attaining such residential quarters, and his attendant enjoyment or suffering. One placed in some particular kind of body, he, when placed, once placed in some particular kind of body, he comes under the control of nature because the body and being matter act according to the laws of nature. At that time, the living entity has no power to change that law. Suppose an entity is put in the body of a dog. As soon as he's put into the body of a dog, he must act like a dog, that's it. Sometimes you see on um, YouTube clips and stuff, dogs that are, uh, you know, have got like human qualities in a sense, you know. There's one that, that says hello. There was another one that I saw the other day, it's just crazy how your mind and the senses just go sometimes. There was a bird that was chanting Hare Krishna. Did anybody see that one? Hare Krishna! Hare Krishna! And it couldn't stop chanting Hare Krishna, so possibly a devotee in his last life. Similarly, if the living entity is put into the body of a demigod, he must act in that body. This is the law of nature. But in all circumstances, the super soul is within the individual soul. And that is explained in the Vedas. The Supreme Lord is so kind upon the living entity that he always accompanies the individual soul in all circumstances and is present as super soul or paramatma. So from today's purport, despite whatever knowledge one has, one cannot stop his sinful activities if he's under the control of his senses. So again, the message from this verse, as is the message from the whole of Prahlad Maharaj's teachings, is that we have to somehow or other learn how to control our senses. How do we do that? By constantly engaging in Krishna consciousness. Chanting, serving, uh, associating, studying, visiting holy places, it's all recommended for us. If we engage ourselves fully, um, then you, you will be able to rein in those senses. And It's not something that happens automatically. We're all struggling. We've been struggling for 8,400,000 species of life. And in this life, we're finally coming to the fore of understanding what our real purpose is. But there's so many pushings and pullings that are happening and all of a sudden, you know, you're allured by one of the senses. Like I said, you know, if I'm in the car and I hear a rock and roll song, I'm back in the 70s and dancing in some disco or something, you know, it's like, and I know all the words. So then you have to rein in the senses, Hare Krishna, you know, so There was an interesting thing actually yesterday. I had an opportunity. We had a seminar. I was invited to go to an interface seminar and it was meditation and peace building because throughout the world at the moment there is this real brightening things all out there. So all these different meditation groups came together. Some were online. I was online. And and somehow or other they were trying to uh, focus on calling on God in their own way to bring peace to the world uh, which is very much needed today. But anyway, and the story was told one lady, very nice lady from uh, a different organization, the Baha'i community, no, the Brahma Kumari community. And she was saying there's this old old, um, story from the Vedas about a queen who had this most precious uh, diamond necklace and she freaked out that she had lost this, this necklace until it was told by one of her maidservants, my dear queen, it is hanging around your neck. And this is the point, that the divine is hanging, in, our, is in us, and we've just forgotten that God is with us at every step in our life, and that we just simply turn to him. And again, at Burjan's class the other day, which was really an amazing class, uh, was explaining uh, how Lord Chaitanya showed the example of how to be completely absorbed in Krishna and, uh, and that this love for Krishna is the most beautiful gem that we could possibly have and so we just have to absorb ourselves and whenever we sincerely turn to him and, and delve deeply within ourselves to recover that gem then uh, all the senses that are allurements will be controlled. And as Prabhupada said, you know, to truly bring peace in this world, all we simply have to do is chant and be happy. Just chanting the Maha Mantra to the best of our abilities. And when Maya strikes, when the allurements of sense gratification come and attack us, just loudly chant, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Don't be distracted, you know, don't be distracted. And just really focus on making an effort in this lifetime. Prabhupada says just dedicate this one lifetime and you'll go back home, back to Godhead. And never have to suffer again. And, and be in total bliss all the time. So I'll stop here. Srila Prabhupada ki. Yantara Srimad Bhagavatam ki. Any comments or questions at all Prabhu?
1: Yes, Prabhu. Um, Hare Krishna, you to Thank you,
6: Prabhu. Prabhu, you mentioned that in the material world we are distracted with so much of social media and with so much sense gratification. So can we ask Lord Krishna to help us remove these distractions from us, or do we have to work it out by ourselves? Because you mentioned in the start that devotees shouldn't ask Krishna for anything.
2: Yeah, it's a bit of both. You know, we can ask Krishna to help us, but in the same token, you also have to make the effort. So, you know, we can't just say, "Oh, well, Krishna didn't help me, so thereby I'm, I've been attracted to sense gratification. You have to, you have to be very mindful, and you have to be very determined. You know, there are going to be instances, like say, for example, I was mentioning about how Krishna also had different pastimes. You know he had he, he would wrestle with the devotees, he would see entertainment, so on, so in today's society, in a family life, that's also required. you know, like there's so much pressure for young people to perhaps go to a movie or something, right, or parents may take their movies to go and see a film and and there's nothing wrong with that if you place it in the context of Krishna consciousness, what we used to do when our kids wanted to go and see The Littlest Mermaid or something like that because all their friends at school are also going and they felt left out. So then we would take them to see that movie but then afterwards we'd have dialogue Mm -hmm. and discuss from a Krishna conscious point of view, what did you pick up from that movie? You know? And then we had discussions about it. So that's great. Then that activity has become a Krishna conscious thing. So you've asked Krishna, Please help me in this regard. I don't want to not go but, uh, you know, in the same token um, I've got an opportunity to address that in a Krishna conscious way. Similarly, we need friendship in our life and sometimes that friendship just means socialising. So you socialise with devotees or with people that you... uh, devotee association. And you can do things. You can go for a bush walk with your friends and that's something different. Uh, The other day uh, a group of us, just devotees, went bowling and it was just a game that we did. It's okay, it's nonsensical, it's like what are you doing, you're just getting this ball and rolling down some sticks, you know. But it was association more than anything. It was Krishna conscious association, the topics of conversation were Krishna conscious, we just had an activity that was a bit of fun. And there's nothing wrong with that. Krishna actually, Lord Chaitanya also, used to go with his, his disciples and they would go down the beach and they would frolic. And they would splash each other and so on. So that's part of our nature as human life also, that we have some entertainment, you know, and, 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 but we base it all, we ask Krishna to protect us, but in the same token we use our intelligence because who was the driver in the chariot? intelligence. The reins were the mind, right? And the mind can be slack, but the intelligence is the one that pulls the reins. So we have to use our intelligence. So we use Krishna. We ask Krishna for protection. That's why we chant Hare Krishna also. But in the same token, we use our intelligence to pull the reins. And so in every situation, you know, similarly playing soccer or having a sport. I mean, You know, what is it really? It's men in little tight shorts, kicking this ball around. It's crazy. But some kids like to do that and, you know, or martial arts or something like that. But you do it in the context of how can this be uh, a Krishna conscious event. Does that make sense? So, yeah Bhakti, do you want to just pass the mic up?
6: Um, just to clarify this point of we're not supposed to ask Krishna for anything. When we ask Krishna for something that's that we want, like a sense gratification, or you know something that we need in the material world, that's something that that doesn't really assist us. You know, like if it's something for ourselves, like sense gratification, that doesn't really help us in our spiritual life. So, we're not supposed to ask for those sort of things, like, you know, uh, uh, my dear Lord, just, you know, I would like a Mercedes Benz, right?
1: Yeah.
6: But when we ask for assistance in our spiritual life, yes, we're asking Krishna for something, but really, in the long term, what we're asking is, please, Krishna, can you help me to serve you? So, that's a big difference. Yeah?
2: Thanks, Bhakti. Uh, just, uh, Thanks. Hang on a sec. I'll get you a microphone for
6: a When we're asking Krishna for something like, we're not some, meant to ask Krishna for things that will keep binding us in this material world. That's the difference. Right? When we say we're not meant to ask Krishna for anything, Basically what it means is we're not meant to ask Krishna for things that will keep us bound in this material world. But when you're asking for assistance from Krishna, please help me understand this, or please make these material desires go away, then what we're asking for is for advancement in our Krishna consciousness. So we're really asking Krishna to come closer to him in that instance. Does that make sense?
2: Can you pass the mic over to me? Yes,
5: Prabhu. Hare Krishna Bhagdas.
2: Did you want to answer, Prabhu? Yes, okay. Okay, try,
5: Prabhu. Thank you very much for a wonderful class. Uh, I've got one comment, the same thing. Bhagavad Gita Krishna says, Satatam ki irtiyan maam, ye jana par paasthe teshamnit bhikta naam yoghshima 9.22. He gives you a perfect insurance that whatever you possess, I keep it intact. And whatever you lack, I'll give you. Yep, that's right. So if we are in Krishna Consciousness, everything will be provided without any failure. Thank
2: yeah, you. trust in Krishna. Yes, trust, trust in Krishna. Exactly. Can Thank
5: you. I repeat that one? Thank,
2: Thank you. Prabhu? Uh,
5: I think I'm not authorized to make comment about uh, the devotee Mataji, uh, but what I, I felt that uh, if you have the unalloyed love for Krishna, mm-hmm. whatever you ask it will be in favor of you because with the devotion all your senses will be purified and it is never go in vain so if you go for uh, gan yoga or karma yoga or dhyana yoga said all the other path of uh, uh, liberation and if you compare with bhakti yoga uh, it is very different ball as our uh, Uh, Prabhu uh, today mentioned very nicely all those things, even give some example, anecdotes of your life, that eight hundred dollars of bill. But uh, what I am saying that when you have pure love for Krishna, your sense automatically becomes pure. And that is mentioned by Prabhupada in many instances in almost every lecture. He mentioned that. And uh, once your mind is purified, your sense is purified, your spirit soul is fully connected with the super soul Krishna, uh, then nothing will go in vain.
2: Absolutely. And,
5: and, and all the material thing will be prasadam for you. So I can remember I was in um, Adelaide temple. Uh, one devotee was having some prasadam. And I just came rushing into and sitting there, getting very nice prasadam there. And I saw the devotion of taking the prasadam in him; that every cell is dancing with love of Krishna. So, whatever you do, whatever you eat, whatever you uh, offer to Krishna, everything will be so divine, and nothing will go in vain. Thank you. Yeah. And I want to make another comment about your lecture that you mentioned sure. that uh, in the aesthetic or esastasy, uh Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was kissing Krishna. Mm-hmm. So that is also possible to achieve when you have in full love, mm-hmm. and you can think that you are really kissing him, oh, yeah. and and it is really uh, so divine. Uh, this to to be attached with Krishna.
2: Thank you. Thank you Prabhupada. Um, We're a long way from that sometime. (laughs) We've still got a long way to go. But by Prabhupada's mercy and by the association of devotees, uh, we hope that we can make it in due course of time. And we pray to Krishna that one day that will be ours. And Prabhupada said just give this one lifetime. He's an amazing personality Srila Prabhupada. And He will bring us to that level of understanding Krishna in due course of time. Yes, Madhuji? It's on, Prabhu. Uh,
4: thank you so much, Prabhu, beautiful class. You always come with different view, different preparations. <laughs> so good. Thank you. <laughs>
5: yes.
4: Okay, I was going to say, but uh, you said Sudama was too rigid. The what? Sudama was too rigid. Oh, Sudama?
2: Sudama, the Brahmin. Yes, yeah, yeah, was yeah. too
4: rigid. Because for our level, maybe he looks like too rigid. For him, it's like luxury. Mm. Yes, yeah, sometimes among devotees also I see some people they remember sloka so fast, they re- read once, they remember. Ah. And some people. Uh, eating, right? For some people fasting 36 hours is like, it's like normal day. Uh So it's for one person, oh Uh you are fasting 36 oh you are so good. It's not so good, it's for them natural. They feel normal. They feel, eating day they feel it's heavy. So it's different level. So for him it's normal the, that's, that like because the Krishna reciprocates with everyone, so that's I thought of a comment. I, I absolutely agree. Yeah, we're all so different. Yes.
2: And one thing that uh, the first thing that Burujan mentioned when I saw him, I hadn't seen him for a long time. You know, he said, "I said, Hari Maharaj, how are you?" And he said, "I'm getting older." And I said, "Yep, I fully concur with that because what things that you used to be able to do when you were younger, you can't do so well anymore." as you're getting older, you know. And so things change. And so you have to have a connection with Krishna that you have to determine, and you have to ask your God brothers and sisters what is right for you at that time. And fasting perhaps may not be the right thing for you at that time, you know. Or some other activity may not be the right thing. You do as best you can. It's always important to understand that your relationship with Krishna is a personal one. He loves you personally, and so what's right for you at that time may not be right for someone else. Yes, I, fully, right. I fully yeah. agree with you there. Yeah. And
4: me. you draw pictures so beautiful, most of us can't even, can't even think about drawing the pictures, the drawing the paintings and all. Yeah, but... Yeah, so everyone got some skills. Yeah, everybody's yes. got some yeah. skills. Thank you so much.
2: And even that, you know, it's, it's not like that that is something that is that is, oh, I'm so proud of it. I think no. to be proud. I mean, when I'm doing that, uh, doing a picture of Krishna or doing a picture of Prabhupada or whatever, it's not like I think, oh, I'm so good. It's actually Krishna working through me. Yes. I'm nothing. He is. You know, I'm just this sack of blood, bones and mm-hmm. everything. Yes. And somehow or other, by Krishna's mercy, I've got this opportunity to do this. And he's given me the skills to make my hands work in the right way.
4: Yeah. Thank yeah. you so, so much. So anyway, that's.
2: Anyone else? So anybody else? Anybody else? Yeah. No worries.
6: Thank you. Um, just a quick point on what you were saying—that you know, for—I mean, for start, Prabhu said, Sudama Brahmana may have been too rigid. We don't know. Mm-hmm. And then you made the point that, well, that may have been his natural disposition, what's yeah. natural for him and felt comfortable for him. But then also what we have to realise that when we're in a Grihastha ashram, we have to realise that how our actions affect the other person that we're living with. Yep. And that's the same in a society, you know, we, we can't just, okay, well, this is the way I feel comfortable and to hell with everybody else we have to be aware of how our actions impact others. So that's just an important point to keep in mind.
2: It's a very good point, Bhakti. Very good point. And that's a question of tolerance also. You know, Krishna is so tolerant with us and He's waiting and waiting for us to come back to Him. We similarly have to be tolerant within our grihasta ashram of our partners, of our children, that eventually Krishna will also look after them. Yeah. Yeah. Right.
6: He wasn't really aware of how that was impacting his wife. No. So, you
3: yeah, know,
6: he, he was comfortable in his, his austerity, but she was, to a certain sense, suffering. Yes. So, uh, especially the males need to be aware of how it affects the female.
2: Yep. Uh, it's a, because
6: it's, it's, a, it's a different
2: consciousness. And you saw what Krishna did, you know? Yeah. For his devotee, which was Sudama the Brahmin's wife, he said, just fix her up. Just look after her. Yeah, that's very good. Krishna consciousness is amazing, you know. Life without Krishna consciousness is so empty, so empty, so futile, so so empty, you know. Krishna consciousness fills you and and satisfies you and, and gives you bliss, really, 24 hours a day. Sure. No. Yeah,
4: one comment. Okay, that, that, as she said, it's right because we shouldn't copy other people. One person is like Sudama, we shouldn't copy, imitate. Or if one person is fasting 36 hours, for that person it's maybe normal, we shouldn't imitate. We yeah. have to do what Krishna what you, has given to us. Thank you, sir.
2: So. Yeah. Thank you very much, for Srila Prabhupada, the <laughs>